Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the video today. I got invited to another meeting and that's what the upcoming video is about. This time, actually, it's not FCA, it's Kia. I got invited to watch a presentation and ask some questions about the new Kia K5. If you don't know what the Kia K5 K5 is, it's essentially an Optima. It's the new Optima, the successor, but they're calling it the K5. Deal with it. I prefer Optima as well. But anyway, like I said, I got to ask some questions, watch a watch a slide, because obviously, Corona, so had to, they had to figure out some different stuff there. But anyway, I will talk to you all more after the end of the meeting. So enjoy. We're gonna do a walk around video. And then Brian, you have some slides to show, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Brian's gonna have some slides that kind of uh, will explain a little more of, uh, in depth. Uh, and I think you're seeing slides right from KMC. So you're seeing right behind the curtain today, very uh, special. And then Brian is the guru. If you can stop Brian, he'll, he'll send you and your family uh, tickets for Disney, um, which you can't use, but uh, you can't stop Brian on the K5, so don't even try. All right, so let me check the meeting room, the waiting room, nobody in there. Um, let me share my screen, and I'm gonna play you the video. Alrighty, everyone, so here is the K5 meeting. I'm hoping that you can see me, and I muted myself, so here we go. Hello there. I am James Bell, Kia's Director of Corporate Communications, and never thought I'd say this. Welcome to my home. Uh, no honey, one thought that would happen. I'm shooting a TikTok video here. You gotta turn the camera <laughs> Here we go. TikToks for scrubs. <laughs> and I am one. I am a scrub. I think we're all getting the job done and really appreciate all the good work we're seeing from you guys as well. Now, this K5 program is going to be a little bit different. Uh, while we obviously miss spending time with you, uh, eating great food, having even better laughs in different parts of the country, I gotta admit, I think I could get used to having a car delivered right to my driveway. Nothing wrong with that. Lucky! <laughs> now you already saw in the announcement that we've already shown you the 2.5 liter GT and the GT line all-wheel drive. So today it's the 1.6 turbo, the GT Ooh. line with front-wheel drive, but because we love you, we're also going to get into your hands and into your driveway the EX model. Except so again, for me. my driveway to yours, how great is this? This is the Kia K5. What's interesting here is that it's in the Cobalt Blue that we've been seeing in the press fleet a lot. Good, but maybe next time, don't do that thing with your face. But again, I'm, I'm on I'm on TikTok as well, so I'm a scrub as well. I'm just self-aware that I'm a scrub. Let's look at this thing right here, this K5. That looks way better in the flesh. It really helps kind of define, I think, what the character of the car is and how, how we see it. And we hope it's very sporty. See it the same very way. sporty and one of the great elements of this is right here, this 3D shark skin design. Wait, that's what shark skin looks like? Well, if you magnify like 125 times or something, but yeah. Interesting. Not just interesting. Kind of cool. It's gorgeous. And it really amplifies the attitude, the spirit here. Let's not leave out these amazing LED headlights along the side there and this fantastic all-new look for the DRLs. It really establishes that this is the K5. When you see this coming down the road, it's a look of motion. Exactly in the business today, that's sometimes hard to do. We feel like it really matches the attitude of the car. But it's the side of the car that I think really works the best. Come check this out. 
The K5 uses our new N3 platform, which allows a longer, lower, wider, sportier shape, but does not sacrifice any Cars keep getting bigger. Of room inside there. I just a bit unfortunate that, You also get more rear leg room, so here. it's, it's kind of fair. Fantastic Stinger-esque kind of Coke bottle form there. It's, oh, it's Coke like bottle at best. Finely muscled athlete, just right. Dude, you okay? I mean, I know you love cars, but that's getting super weird. I know, baby, but you know, I can't help it. I'm a car guy. All right, so coming back to the rear of the car, there's a couple little design elements I want to make sure. I will say, though, okay, that's a bit, that's a bit bubbly, but I do like, I do like the hips on this car. It's pretty good. It's not really that much of a coke bottle, but the rest of it's pretty nice. Another thing I really like is this black applique here on the deck lid. It really stretches out, gives oh, a fast back. Oh, I thought it was a pleat. But then there's a beautiful connection onto the available panoramic roof as well. And then back here in the taillights, a really interesting play on that heartbeat thing we talked about on the DRLs in the front. You got this little wing shaped here with the available LED lights across the center. Something that's really oh, going to be distinctive yeah. at night. People are going to know that this is the new K5. Also special yeah, to the GT line is this really cool black spoiler here in the back. Just a nice kind of visual connection on with the panoramic roof. And that is a massive rear window. The only thing that I'm worried about is how high it seems because it cuts off pretty Pirelli high. Pirelli P0 tires strapped around there. I oh! Mean, this is a mid-size sedan, folks. And with got Pirellis? P0s and P0s? This okay. Serious machine. Let's talk That's a little bit more about the N3 platform. Now, this is an advanced body, lighter, stronger, additional hot stamped parts. It all okay. adds up to a lower center of gravity. Combine that with a new suspension geometry and faster steering ratio, better responsiveness, more stability. This is a proper sports sedan. It's really amazing. Hey, Dad, when's the cruise lunch? You've got to be kidding me, Kate. You, I've been here for 15 minutes. I'm about to talk about the powertrain. Oh, whatever. I thought we had a deal. Fine. Oh, go get ice cream after. <laughs> That's the look of disappointment. That is the look of disappointment. GDI made it to an all-new 8-speed transmission, 180 horsepower, 195 pound-feet of torque. I'm kind of impressed that it's 1.6 liter and it's making that much power. variable valve duration. This technology regulates valve duration according to driving conditions, boosting performance at low to mid speeds, and enabling better fuel efficiency. VTEC. And as you already know. We've got even more muscle coming under the hood later this year. A 2.5 liter turbocharged yeah. GDI that, that's what I'm excited delivering for. 290 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. That's pretty Paired good for with torque. With an all-new eight-speed wet DCT for fast, precise gear shifts, and a 1.6 liter. The Dodge Star back in it's funny because back in 20 the first in the 2012 actually, I think they were also saying that it has a wet DCT, now, and I have no idea what that means. That blue is gorgeous though. So. safety functions like forward collision avoidance assist with pedestrian detection, lane following assist, and the important one, rear occupant alert. Ooh, I need that. Yes, you do, because otherwise we might leave this little cutie in the backseat. Yeah. Enough about the backseat. Let's talk about the front. Inside, K5 has a wide horizontal dash that's clean and uncomplicated. It seems like more cars are going to a more horizontal dash. I don't know if you guys have seen the new 2020, what is it, 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee, but even that's got a, I mean, it's a little bit vertical, but the overall dash structure is actually quite horizontal. And then you have the new 2021 Dodge Durango, same deal, horizontal. really give it a luxurious feel. And the mix of metallic and wood effect surfaces, both of which are available, really add to the ambiance. 
This GT Line model has combined leatherette and cloth seat trim, a black headliner Don't and like pillar cloth, covers, and a sporty you can probably option it to get better cover. materials anyway. The so. EX model has leatherette seating, a leather wrapped steering wheel, plus heated and ventilated front seats. And Yay. you know what else adds to the premium luxurious feel? It's incredibly quiet in here. Ventilated rear seats. Structural improvements to the chassis and enhancing the door glass thickness and ceiling structure, the team went all out with sound absorbing materials. And an acoustic laminated windshield is standard on every model. So you can keep things nice and quiet or fill the cabin with high quality sound using the available 12 speaker Bose premium Love audio by system. Elohim. Blast the it. <laughs> technology converts stereo sources into rich surround sound while dynamic speed compensation analyzes Ooh. and improves sound quality driving according guys. to driving speed. So now you know, the K5 looks high tech, feels very premium, but what other gadgets does it have? Well, before you even get inside, it's already warmed up or cooled down thanks to the smart key based remote start and climate control. The available smart key technology even remembers your favorite settings with personalized profiles for each driver. Seat position, mirror location, previous destinations, phone connection, it's all there for you. Improved voice recognition is also available, which obviously helps you keep your eyes on the road. And watch this. Move air to face. So refreshing. Plus, you can load up K5 with all your modern day essentials, like this new wireless fast charger with drop in design, making it easy to power up your phone. So, where's the door, though? I want to see the Bluetooth door. Connectivity, Dang it. Allowing the passenger to stream their own tunes. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which now offer wireless functionality. And plenty of USB ports, including two in the second row on the GT Line model. So, there you have it. You now know the ins and outs of the Kia K5 Sport Sedan. The only thing left to do is take it for a spin. It's interesting, awesome. it seems. Let's go. <laughs> that would be me. That would be me. <laughs> All drivers are fully Slow licensed. Down, please. Mom, wow. this isn't even fast. Your dad looks petrified. Can you both please cut it out? What's interesting is it seems that they're trying to market it as a sports sedan more than just being a normal sedan like they were Don't like they it. used to. All right. Well, <laughs> it points for cuteness. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, I was gonna mute everybody, but then I so much enjoyed hearing all of the uh, editorial comments and the groans. It was a lot of fun. And as you can see, being a ham runs in the Bell family. I, I, hmm. His daughter is right there with them. Um, so Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, so before I open it up to questions. Um, uh, we're going to give uh, the screen to uh, Brian, who's going to show you a couple of uh, slides. I just want to make sure I can give him permission. I just like how Joe Sage has a picture of the K5 in the background. Boyle, how did you get the green screen? Okay, are you guys able to see? Yes. Okay, sorry. All right, well, I appreciate everybody's time today. Um, as Neil had mentioned, I'm Brian Williams. I'm in our product planning team here at okay. Kia. And I work on a lot of the sedans and cross car line items, but mainly Cadenza and Optima and K5 now, mm -hmm. um, as well as support for Nero and a few others, but cross car and uh, future technology as well. So I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to everybody today. And I'm just gonna run through a few things. I think most of this was in the presentation you just saw. So we'll kind of skip through some of it if it's repeat, but uh, I want to make sure I cover some highlights for you so maybe can direct the conversation or prompt some questions today. So ultimately with the K5, 
we really wanted to go with an all-new design on this car. We had our first generation, really, the kind of what we called like the TF, and that was around 20. Ah, uh, not a fan of that. It was interior. really the kind of strength in Kia. I kind of like the bar, but the rest design, of it. Mm. More modern uh, look. That actually did really well for us and kind of shook up the segment at the time as one of the uh, more stylistic cars. So that was <clears throat> a really good one for us. We kind of faded into our next generation. That's better. 2016 with our kind of JF uh, Optima. Um, also still uh, kind of an emotional character or at least still the kind of sporty look we wanted with a little more emotional character. But, you know, ultimately it was a, a next step for us. But I think what this kind of leads us into is really the third, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is that with the all-new Kia K5, it's kind of... Brian, you're on mute. Yeah. Don't know who did that. Not me. Sorry, somebody muted everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Am I back? Yes, you're back. Okay. So ultimately, we wanted to do something with a different form on this, and we really wanted to make styling and design a big push again, like we did with our first generation. That reminds me of an old Kia uh, concept. I don't remember good. which one it was, though, but it looks good. Looks great. It was the Kia's. It was the Kia wagon from what 2015. So it was a big goal with this car. So might have been more we'll talk recent a lot about design on it, um, but just some pieces of what was kind of the inspiration behind it. The more sleek, strong, athletic build is what they wanted to go with. More muscular, and ultimately just pushing sport. So kind of some of the design influences that got us to where we're at today with the all-new Kia K5. It's out in domestic market as well as ours. Um, and sales just started at the beginning of July on the front-wheel drive versions of them. So we'll see more over the next couple months. But ultimately, you already saw James' video talking about the new front end. Front end was a big change for us on this. Um, no in kidding. terms of it being, you're here the Tiger Nose grill. It's um, way more emotional than tiger, even the uh, 2015 to 2019-19 iteration. Ultimately, it used to just be kind of a more small grill, not really integrated. When you hear that with any Kia language in the future, the Tiger face is really moving into where the grill and the headlights are integrated, more wide and horizontal. But we really wanted to give this more of a, a wide stance. <clears throat> and another big part of it was coming down to the new lighting. I think lighting will be a big style uh, point for the future for us and as well just as looks like a lightning OEMs, rod it's so cool is that lighting is really a differentiator in the automotive industry today and you see that a lot on a lot of the kia products but with this we wanted to bring out kind of the heartbeat shape drls that you're seeing heartbeat. that's better <laughs> that's a much better way of explaining it but still uh, it's really cool it has white so when you see them in this picture but ultimately that was a big thing and as james had mentioned one of the key things to recognize the car coming down the road and i think it will stand out uh, we also already talked about the swooping line, so I won't go through this too much, but ultimately, they really wanted to get the sport back look and kind of sim similar to Stinger. And you can kind of see the haunches near the front and <clears throat> the front fender and the really rear fender. Runs the entire, uh, side Definitely uh, faux coke bottle, but you know, it looks good. Kind of muscular. Kind of really connect the whole silhouette. So you see that with the side profile. And then on the rear, kind of already talked about it, but we also want to continue the heartbeat shape in the DRLs, uh, as well as the taillights. And this shows kind of the available LED taillights that have the full width. On some of the trims, they don't have the full width, but they still have the size. Very much like the 2012 Dodge Dart. Ultimately, that's kind of some of the style, kind of the input, and what uh, R&D had kind of... I mean, it was a 2013 model year, but that's when it was unveiled. Um, now to get down to, like, the meat of it realistically we have an all-new name and i just want to talk about that now kind of save some questions later and we can still talk about it but i know this comes up a lot 
Yep. Why the new name? Why now? What does it mean? And ultimately, the K5, we, as I had shown you with those first two generations, our, our first generation with the TF did a lot with style and character, and we had about 10 years between the two generations of the uh, Optima. That's had true. A good foot, or put a good foothold for our brand and increased it in terms of like bold styling, and it was really one of our core vehicles for those 10 years. Um, ultimately, as you see with the design and what we're thinking with it is, this is all new. It's an all new platform, all new powertrain, all new design. It's such a big step forward from the previous generation. Right in here is where you can see that faux coke bottom. You can really, really see right in here globally. how how pronounced the hip is right there, that haunch. It's, I like it. I really, really do. That's a good design. Good design element. Global name. But ultimately, Widens the car and makes the middle kind of thin. Now make the change, give it its chance to make its own chapter for our Again, sedan segment faux coke bottle. Forward. But and I say faux because it's not quite pronounced enough to me to be a proper Coke bottle, but it's and there and it looks I good. I want to give you just a high level. We're just talking about this slide really quick, but I wanted to give you some of my key points that I like about this car and what Kia feels are important about the car. Uh, maybe to prompt some conversation too, but ultimately the design, it's all new. As James mentioned, it's longer, lower, and wider and lighter thanks to that new kind of N3 platform um, that's on this. That new platform will be the base for many uh, Kia products coming out. It's uh, it can be evolved, so it can be widened, stretched. It can be a number of things, but basically, it can fit other platforms. But this new platform is ultimately meant to increase safety, make it lighter, um, and increase handling dynamics. And that's really where this new platform is going. So this is the first product to use this new N3 platform. Um, in terms of the interior, we really wanted to go more for a driver-centric design cabin, and you'll see that if you get into one of these cars or look at the images. Uh, more of the controls are more directed towards the driver and the screens. Not that they're not ergonomic for the passenger, but we wanted that more bring back the fun of driving and kind of driver and control kind of aspect and feel. And as we already talked about the Tiger Face identity and Heartbeat TRLs, but that's a big piece for the exterior design. Powertrain-wise, we have an all-turbo lineup now um, instead of a base naturally aspirated. But ultimately, we wanted to give customers the improved fuel efficiency, improved torque, and real-world driving. One thing you'll probably hear me talk about a lot today is that kind of I kept in mind when planning this is the everyday convenience for the drivers. We have the GT1 with the biggest motor and all the technology, but I also wanted to keep in mind for the customer that's the base LX and the base LXS. What do they get? And really everyday convenience and driving technology and value is what I tried to focus on for all trends. So all turbo lineup in this 1.6 turbo was a big part of that. Give customers added fuel efficiency, improved emissions, and really better torque for the real world driving, um, especially paired with the new eight-speed automatic transmission. I think once you drive it, you'll find it's very confident and it's, it's in the power band a lot. So it's a fun to drive car. We also have that 290 horsepower engine that's going to be in our GT and our GT1 package later this fall. That's 290 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. Now that, that one's actually going to be mated with a eight-speed dual-clutch transmission, and the first for us that's a wet design, uh, basically able to handle more torque. It's one of our lightest, quickest shifting, and most power-efficient for transfer transmissions, and it's built in-house. So this will be a first for Kia to have this, and you'll see this hopefully on other products, but I think that actually is one of the best parts about that car when you do get a chance to drive it. Yeah, that transmission is awesome. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. Um, some of the new things that to kind of focus on that uh, we feel are really important are the everyday convenience. Wireless CarPlay and Android Auto 
are now going to be standard on the eight inch head units. Um, I mentioned that it's only on, you see some technical term, DA 2.0, but it's only on the eight inch at SOR started production. I'm sorry, TA 2.0, what? Be a wired I'm sorry, as soon as I hear that, I think Viper, so I'm immediately confused. I am just instantly confused. Over 80%. Um, which is a first for Kia. You usually see this only on the Lux segments like BMW and a few others over the last few years um, where you have to plug in. This is trying to give customers that convenience of being able to just hop in the car. It's paired up with Bluetooth and with CarPlay phone projection. So that's a first. Um, another piece is really, might not seem significant, but it'll pair into our keys later and why we do it. The dual zone uh, FATC. Sorry for the tech term, but basically your climate control a lot of our competitors in this segment don't offer dual zone and even in their lower trims it's usually available in mid or upper and a lot of them don't offer fully automatic so it's all manual um, again it, mid trims and upper what we really wanted to do on this was kind of focus on all customers and give customers that dual zone for you know proper temperature for both both passengers in the car and full automatic uh, to try to re make it more convenient That'll actually pair into our new uh, available smart key too that James had mentioned. And one of the cool things about that is you've seen remote start over the years on multiple cars through the key fobs. That's not new, it's 10 years old. But realistically paired with this new dual zone automatic uh, temperature control, no matter what temp the uh, car was left at. You parked it last night and it was 100 degrees in Vegas <laughs> up in the morning and it's suddenly cold. When you start the car remotely, the automatic temperature control will go to 72 automatically every time you start it with that remote start. So whether it's hot or cold, it'll bring it to the right temperature before you even get in the car for that convenience. We also have uh, standard electronic park brake now with auto hold uh, for that convenience at stoplights and other situations. And a first for Kia was, we call it lane following assist, but basically lane centering technology. Um, you've seen this probably on many other cars out there. I'd have to say once you get the opportunity to drive this, with my experience in other cars and engineering side, this lane following assist is probably one of the best mass market lane centering systems available, and it's standard on all cars. It's not just the kind of reactive bounce you back in. We do have that lane keep assist, but lane follow assist is really that active lane centering assist that you can activate to help you stay centered in your lane. Um, I think you really enjoy it, and we think the customers will as well. All-wheel drive, I have another slide on it, so I won't go too much, but we have all-wheel drive for the first time. You'll see Kia's naming. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, they're going to be calling it all-weather drive. So just in case you see that name, it's not a misspell. All-weather drive will be a new thing that's going to be pushed out in marketing materials. But all-wheel drive available on our two highest-volume trims for the customers. Uh, available tech, some of the things that have done really well that we wanted to have on this car in the past and some new ones. Panoramic sunroof is probably one of the largest in the segment and is going to be on uh, many of the cars as available, uh, some as standard. We have a new drop-in wireless charger, which James had already mentioned, but ultimately it's a design with a cooling fan. It's higher wattage, so it basically charges faster, keeps the phone cool when charging, holds the phone on the charger so it doesn't shift off, which you've probably seen on other designs while you're driving and turning. Um, so that's a really big improvement in wireless charging. Pair that with the wireless CarPlay, and you've really got yourself a package where you can just drop the phone in and go. New rear USB chargers, um, a couple other highway driving things I'll talk about on a few other slides. But uh, 
the one big thing too with the styling I wanted to mention is that we're gonna have two designs on the exterior and my next slide shows that a little better. But ultimately we're gonna have for the first time kind of a sport and a non-sport look uh, at the dealership for our customers really open up the sales for whether you're younger and you want more sporty or maybe that would be you want me. more traditional. That would be me. They <laughs> want anything they want. We're not trying to bucket anybody, but we wanted to give two looks for when customers get to the dealership for what suits their style best. And then we have some new colors. Um, if you guys are interested, we're talking about them, but probably not a big point. Build combinations. We have about 11 combinations that at launch uh, over the next couple of months, we have all wheel drive and the two five come out. But ultimately we have our LX, our LXS, our GT line, our EX, and our GT, which is the top of the line with the 2.5 turbo. You'll see all wheel drive options on the LXS and the GT line. And then we have some other packages off of that. So if you want to talk about packaging, we can just so you know. The two designs I mentioned, and you've probably seen this before, Camry has like Ellie and Essie. It's kind of along those lines and ways of thinking in terms of you get on the dealership lot and you have two ways to look at the car. Now they're not dramatic changes, but they're kind of subtle changes on the rear with the main, most of the changes on the front end. See what's interesting here is that with the, the, with the GT, kind of the sport front end, front end is this character line goes up into the grill. Sorry, well yeah, into the grill and the headlight. This part of the bumper the here, whereas on the normal the one, the grill continues all the way to the beginning the of the heartbeat shape. That you see more in person. These pictures don't really do it all justice, but there are some differences, and I just wanted to bring that up. That this is the first time that we'll have two looks and two designs on the vehicle. All-wheel drive. I won't bore you with all the technical, but to talk about it, and if you want to talk about it, it might be big in your regions. Um, all-wheel drive is the first time we've had this on a front-wheel drive-based car. This is gonna come out on our LXS and our GT line. So two of our biggest mixed rate cars that uh, customers will be getting into. And realistically, the only thing I wanted to bring up on this is that this is for that added safety security peace of mind that uh, the highway driving in foul weather, but even just getting to your house after the roads are plowed, you get to your driveway and it's kind of angled, that's not plowed. Well, this is why customers turn to SUVs a lot. Now this all wheel drive is meant to kind of help um, kind of subvert some of those sales SUVs when I need that car to get up the driveway because that's not paved. This uh, system does really well. It's actually very similar to our other cars on the Celtos and others. It just doesn't have a center locking diff, but the design is generally the same. It's very capable. And uh, the modes, depending on the drive modes that you're driving in will change the power. This will actually have a power or a snow mode on the drive mode as well, specific to all wheel drive. Safety-wise, I'll just cover the highlights. We already talked about what's uh, the lane centering. Lane following assist is going to be big for the Kia brand. It's kind of showing the evolution of where we're going with semi-automated driving and into the future, but added lane centering standard on this car. Even if you don't have smart cruise control, it'll still do uh, lane centering. Um, uh, we also have, based on that, we have smart cruise control will stop and go. It's quicker and easier to use. We call it like a one touch now. It's basically you touch one button to activate instead of set, set your speed. You're basically cruising and it's a one touch to get it going. We have a first for Kia with navigation-based smart cruise control. You might've seen this in other cars, Porsche, you know, drive, Distronic from Mercedes-Benz and others are coming out with it. But realistically in the mass market, not too many have it. Navigation-based smart cruise control is really knowing that if a curve's coming up, uh, a driver would naturally probably slow down a little bit to be, be able to handle that curve and maintain that curve and not kind of leave their lane. 
Well, this system with the available navigation adds navigation smart crews to slow you down ahead of those curves to help the lane centering improve even better. Um, highway driving assist, you probably saw on our Telluride, that's on this car as well. That pairs with all of this and realistically knows posted speed limits to adjust you down to those posted speed limits. So I just want to impress upon you that the lane centering, driver convenience, highway driving assist is improving and is a big step for Kia in this product. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to impress upon you was that we've had blind spot monitor rear cross traffic. It's not new, but you're seeing on this car and other cars is that all of these systems are now becoming active. You know, they were warnings before. Now the blind spot rear cross traffic can actually intervene by applying the brakes to help you prevent potential collisions, not just warn you. Same with the rear parking sonar. That system's also evolving to get you on certain trims to get you active rear parking. So if you're backing up for you know objects, certain things, it can actually see, warn you, and intervene if necessary. Safe exit assist is new, and that's kind of paired with the blind spot. So whichever cars have blind spot monitor, safe exit assist is there, and you might have seen that on other brand or other uh, Kia products. But ultimately, it's to kind of warn you of cars approaching before you open your door. Um, head units. If anybody is kind of more into the head units and technology. I just wanted to mention that what's kind of new on this and some of the big things that I like, if you have the available navigation, this is gonna be our first car with connected routing. Keep it short and simple. It's like some of those third-party apps where it basically gives you more up-to-date rerouting for the most efficient routes. So this is gonna more mimic what customers are familiar on their smartphone and really improve the embedded navigation experience. Um, we also have SoundHound and you're here SoundHound or Soundify, ultimately, this is a new kind of push to talk or flexible speech command. If you use voice control in a car, you have variable results throughout the years on different products, ours, ours included, um, depending on what you use it for. But this is really gonna be the first for us using more natural language understanding to be able to kind of speak more common language versus keyed response or a keyed uh, request about how, are, what's the stock, how's the weather. That kind of ties into point three it also is a first for us to give actual vehicle control via voice, which you don't really see much on the, on the uh, mass market segments, uh, more in the luxe segments, I should say. But this is gonna be a first for Kia where you can actually turn on the air conditioning, turn on the passenger seat heater, other functions. And this list will grow over time through updates to the head units as we go and as the cars evolve. But uh, that's a big thing to kind of keep customers' hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, be able to activate things without reaching over and looking as much. Um, vehicle control by voice, I think it's going to be something customers love. MapCare, first time we're offering it, it's 10 years of free updates twice a year, so that's improving the navigation experience. And you've got a new GUI or graphic user interface. It's basically a new magenta theme. So if you see that in the avian head units, why is it more magenta uh, hued? It's just a new design. There is improvements in the usability as well. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. Um, so I'll open up for questions. I just wanted to make sure I covered some of the highlights and maybe can prompt some other topics if you guys want, but um, that's it for that presentation. Well, that was uh, pretty thorough, Brian. <laughs> I don't know that you left any room for questions. Well, see everybody. Um, that, that was very good. I'm sure there are questions. Joe, by the way, special shout out for that uh, background there. Right on point, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me jump in with one early question. I have to go here in a little bit. Um, 
the nomenclature matches what used to be K9, I just looked is now K900. Are you going to go digital like every other brand seems to do every three years and the names, or is this just a, a global positioning for that name? Brian, you wanna take that? I'm sorry, for the K5? Yeah. Yeah, so with this, I can't speak to future products and other name changes. Um, those will all be evaluated kind of based on how big of a change they have in the future and if it's the right time and if there's a need to go. But at least for this car, this was just the right time for K5 to make the change. Um, it was just such a big change and ultimately gives it more of a, a modern name and a next evolution for our midsize sedan. So for this car, it was the right time for us. All new everything, platform, body, powertrain ready to change it and kind of give it its own name and uh, moving forward. But yeah, the other products, they'll all be evaluated depending on it. Uh, each manufacturer or OEM has the ability and uh, for us as a distributor, we can choose the names. And this just was the right for this one. Other cars, there's big changes in the future. Who knows what'll happen, but there's a lot of equity in other names as well. And you know, those all will be decided case by case. I, I just wondered, I just had a Cadillac product that's now sort of a vague number and other OEMs have gone to full, you know, everything is a series of numbers. No kidding. And it confuses everybody, but it, yeah, as, as a brand new thing, that brand new version, that makes sense. So yeah, it, in Kia's language, as you probably know, but if not, it's like, like the Forte is a K3, the Cadenza is a K7, the K900 is a K9. I mean, it's nomenclature based on domestic market and those kind of things. So this will be the first one where we kind of adopt that for that new kind of body cool thank you no problem i've got a question uh with the door to the wireless charger i read it, that it's removable it can be replaced later for when phones get bigger <clears throat> how much bigger can you go with the design before you won't be able to make the door any bigger um okay so the drop <laughs> sorry yeah, no worries so the drop-in you probably uh, saw that you can pull that piece out is what you're probably referring to yeah or Okay, yeah. So the pocket for the wireless charger, on the cars that don't have it, it's just a storage pocket, and okay. it's not as deep. When you add the available wireless charger, that pocket gets a little deeper to handle the depth of the foam. It adds that cooling fan, and ultimately, we slide this kind of let's insert in there. That insert has a flange that kind of holds the phone right on the cooler, right on the charging coil. Um, mm -hmm. I've experienced it in other cars in the past where you're driving and you're turning on a freeway, and especially when I was in Jersey, like everything's curving and you're flowing and the phones are moving around. This, this piece is meant to hold it directly on the charger to stop that on and off charging, which customers don't like about wireless chargers. It's 10 watts instead of five, so it's faster charging, which is another complaint that we're addressing, you know, in general in the whole industry of wireless charging. Mm -hmm. So faster for the Samsungs and the Apples, which is they limit how fast you can charge. But that door piece can get pulled out. Um, ultimately, I don't know the measurement in the inside of there. It's around four and a half inches or four inches or something like that. It, it's really meant to handle phones for the foreseeable future in terms of size that you can drop down there and fit and still get on the charger coil. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Say, so, uh, what's what's the red tape across the taillights and how much is this car? The, the red tape across the taillights? Yeah. Okay. So you might, you probably are referring to the LED strip going through oh, down oh, the center. Is that correct? Between the taillights? I don't know. You're asking me. I, I see red tape, but I guess not. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
Are you talking about what's on the screen right now? Or are you talking about what's yeah. in the presentation? Yeah, what's on the screen, yeah. Oh, uh, that was just a concept that they had at, um, I believe it was about three months ago, some concept that Kia kind of put out. So just mm -hmm. a future concept design. Those are supposed to be taillights. I get it. How much is this car? Uh, this car? Uh, this is just a concept. So there's no. No, I mean, the one you showed us, how much is it? So it starts at 23490 for the base LX, and it can go up to 3450 for the GT. The GT1 adds some price on top of that for some convenience pieces. So 23490 is the base price. Thanks. All right, I have a question for you. Um, with the 11 different models, can you talk a little bit about fuel efficiency and how that compares on the different ones? Yeah, absolutely. So the fuel efficiency on this, <clears throat> and we actually have updated with a couple things. Let me see what I've got here really quick, sorry. Um, fuel efficiency, our most fuel efficient is gonna be the base LX. That LX actually has what you probably see in the industry as stop and start engine system. We call it the ISG, um, <coughs> uh, basically intelligent stop and go for Kia names, but it's an I engine see. stop and start. With that piece, that's the highest uh, MPG that we have on her. That's our MPG leader. Combined is, uh, I'll just talk about that, 32 combined on the LX. Um, all the other car, that's the 1.6 turbo front wheel drive. The rest of those that have 1.6 front wheel drive without the stopping or the uh, stop and go engine system are 31. So it just goes down one. Um, all wheel drive is 29. So you got 32 for the, the leader, 31 for the front. All wheel drives are 29 combined. 2.5 is not available yet uh, in terms of MPG. Okay, and no plans for hybrids of any sort? At this point, no. There's no plans to kind of speak about about hybrids or plugins on that. We Kia has you know a lot of plans coming up. We saw some communications probably about Plan S and moving towards more electric vehicles or electrified vehicles in yeah. the near future. Um, but yeah, right now for the K5, just launching with conventional turbo motors at the moment. Yeah, just for the record, I've been stockpiling D batteries like nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Before they get put into battery packs. Yeah, I have a quick question while we're talking about trim levels. Can you uh, provide a little more clarity? Um, I know the LX and the GT line, the cars are receiving the, are available now, but uh, I would like to know specifically when the LXS and GT line all wheel drive models and the GT are going to be available in dealers. Yeah. I can't get, <clears throat> sorry, a little under the weather, so I apologize. No um, I, I don't have a specific date because that's subject to change with just distribution timing, but we're looking at early fall for the all-wheel drive. Um, okay. Expect to see that soon. Uh, depends on allocation and all that OEM stuff, but um, early fall for the all-wheel drive, you'll see that soon on the LXS and the GT line, um, same timing. The GT and GT1 package with the 2.5, that'll be out later fall, but planned for the end of this year. Okay, perfect, thank you. I have another question here. How much time does Kia typically spend on developing driver assistance technology and how much time did you spend on developing lead vehicle departure alert? Oh, good question. I love uh, driver assistance technology, that was my background. So this is one of my favorite things and why I kind of pushed the lane centering evolution because it is a big step. Um, so Kia is actively working with other OE, I'm sorry, other suppliers and partnerships to develop 
what I would call semi-automated driving and, you know, more automated driving in the future. So Kia is very active in that. Um, with this, the lead vehicle departure alert piece that you're asking, actually quite simple in this. Um, it's using current camera, front camera is all it needs, just with new software. So mm -hmm. realistically, that piece is kind of a fun ad for customers, meaning it doesn't cost much, if anything. It uses existing hardware of the camera, and now just is seeing a car moving ahead and gives you an alert that the lead vehicle is departing. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're looking at a great Kia billboard on the side of the road at a stoplight <laughs> yeah. or other circumstances. But um, ultimately, that one was pretty easy to do. And uh, it, it, those are the evolutions. I mean, where we can add value without adding cost for the customers is where we're always looking. That's easy ads plus all the lane centering. And uh, it's a big part of the, the future of Kia's kind of technology. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Brian, I've got a question. Thanks so much for the presentation. The, the K5 seems really exciting and really interesting, um, especially with its migration towards being a more sporty emphasized sedan and considering it's, it's grown in size so that now it somewhat overlaps the Stinger. Um, how do you see those two customers differently? Versus Stinger versus K5? Right. Yeah, so when planning the vehicle, we try to position it where excluding the GT1 package when pricing's, you know, everything on that, that one kind of pushes it, but we wanted to have kind of a fully loaded 2.5 car for customers that wanted the midsize sedan and the trunk space. We're looking in two ways. We wanted one to separate them from a price point, or we wanted the top GT to not encroach upon it. So to kind of give that with the Kia Stinger being more of a large car or near premium sedan, you get that hatchback, true hatchback design, or the liftback, I should say. Um, there'll be some other things on the car coming out, but uh, ultimately, we wanted it for the person who wants the convenience of the four-door, the bigger space in the second row on the Opta, the K5, the bigger trunk space. That's the kind of customer we're looking at, and realistically, the powertrains will also differentiate. Um, we do get better with this 2.5 turbo, but ultimately, the car, the next step up, has the bigger engine options. So... In terms of it being the standard four-door sedan, bigger legroom, bigger, our normal mid-size sedan trunk space, that's kind of where we wanted to go with it. Everyday convenience, somebody who might not prioritize second row but still have it, and that's kind of you know, where we're going. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Uh, one, one more question about uh, the application of the engine start on the key fob. Um, yeah. That's also, you know, everybody's pushing the uh, tele teleconnectivity. Yeah. Um, with the smartphone app. So yep. what, are our customers not using the app as expected or is this just an additional feature that customers really wanted to have on the key fob? Kind of, this is an additional feature. Um, so the telematics side with the, what we call the UVO and the Connect and all those, um, you still have that available. We have that available, um, actually it's paired with our all wheel drives um, because of the remote connectivity and engine starting and temperature setting and all those other things. Uh, reasons why you might want to activate your steering wheel heater, seat heaters. So we start pairing those when you get more features in the car, things that you would want to control with your um, with your smartphone app. But for the, the rest of the consumers, this is kind of an added benefit. We had talked about that we have that standard dual zone automatic temperature control. We just call it automatic temperature control for now. Um, realistically, it's almost like lead vehicle departure. They're adding value to customers without adding cost. And if you can start the car remotely with that key fob from about 30 meters from your house, that might work for customers without having to have a subscription plan if they choose not to, 
or um, you know, it might not be the car with all the bells and whistles that they want to control with the smartphone. So uh, for more of our cars, you will be able from 30 meters approximately to turn your car on and it sets it to 72 degrees automatically. And that's kind of the focus on that is to give customers two options on it and every customer to have an option, not just the ones that have all the features in their car and need more uh, connectivity with the phone. Gotcha, perfect, thanks Brian. Mm-hmm. I've got another question here. Considering that the K5 seems to be sportier than its predecessor, how much differs the N3 platform compared to the Optima's previous platform? 100% different. <laughs> um, I, I will say that it's all new from the ground up, but in terms of that, like we were saying, it's longer, lower, wider, lighter, um, improved passive safety, um, strength and rigidity, hot stamping, all new. So it's, it's a whole new generation above the old platform. It's really, uh, engineering also wants to focus on handling and being that as a differentiator for our brand moving forward is not to say rough and uncomfortable, but I mean sporty handling. They're trying to improve the kind of handling dynamics of the cars um, with Beerman at the helm of R&D and some of those tuning dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of it. And this platform allows for that improved steering geometry, improved steering gears and other pieces as well as suspension geometry. So it's ultimately stiffer better able to handle where we want to tune our cars going forward for our brand identity. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. If I could just uh, jump in, you guys didn't ask a question I was kind of expecting about when it's going to be in the press fleet. Um, and I think it should be there uh, kind of end of the month, early uh, September. Um, and I would just check with uh, your local NAVs. Um, organizer and get them yeah there he is right there david <laughs> we could direct that at david <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if david has any news when they're coming but uh just connect with david and um uh, and uh book yourself into the cars but it should be within a, within a month yeah neil i would say um at the moment we do not have one available in the active press fleet uh if you have not gotten a kia product from us before please make sure to send me your uh media press kits so that I can submit those for authorization. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, David. Are there any more questions for Brian? Yeah, I've got a few. I just have to write the answers in between. That's why it takes me a little bit of time, but if the new K5 and the new Sonata ride on the same platform, what was the reasoning for building the Sonata in Alabama and the K5 in Georgia? Um, <clears throat> okay, so ultimately with that, two separate brands completely. While there are engineering things that are shared, platforms, um, everything else is completely separate. Treatum is completely separate brands. Um, ultimately, everybody refers to us as very you know family, and it, is, it does roll up to Hyundai Motor Group or HMG globally. But in terms of Hyundai and Kia, separate brands completely, separate design, separate development, separate everything, planning. Um, so Hyundai's plant builds theirs, Kia's plant, West Point, Georgia, builds ours, the award-winning Telluride, the Sorento, and the K5. And that's why, completely separate. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good question though. A lot of customers and you know might relate it to being the same and but they are separate in, uh, in all ways. We just share some suppliers, we share some platforms, 
and but everything else planning finances completely separate from there yeah two two siblings uh sent out to make their own way in the world yeah. um and and brian mentioned the plant and it'd be great to host all or any of you at kmmg sometime it is uh i know carla's uh been do it um I don't know if any of you have, but it is a fantastic place. Uh, uh, just the, the, it's, it's really is a, is, uh, I've been a lot of plants and it's a good one. Uh, and not at all plants do you get um, a South Korean buffet either. So, uh, and some of the best fried chicken and peach cobbler I've ever had. Uh, I could promise you that if you come. Anyway, um, are there any more questions? All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for, for tuning in. This was really great. And uh, if you think of anything, just send me an email and we'll, uh, and we'll get a reply to you as quickly as possible or I'll connect you with Brian. And once again, check in with David to book yourself in the press car uh, when they get there to Denver. And uh, otherwise, uh, stay safe and, and be happy. Hey, hey, everyone. Yeah, I'm in a different shirt. This is from a way different day from when I recorded the intro and certainly the meeting. So what do I think of the K5? Well, I find it interesting that I find it interesting that Kia is going to a more sports sedan. They're going more of a sports sedan route with the new K5, which is a little bit strange, considering that's kind of what the Stinger, you know, that's what the Stinger was supposed to be for. So, I mean, not that I'm opposed to it. I want more fun cars. So if they're going to make the K5 funner than the old Altima, then do it. Awesome. It's just a little bit strange to me that they're, that they kind of seem to be going with everyone else, you know, Toyota and Honda, but that's perhaps why uh, they seem to be going with everyone else and making their sedans more interesting to drive. But again, Toyota and Honda are doing the same thing. So that might be the reason for that. But it, I can't help, but I can't help but say this. So in the time that I recorded the intro and the, and the K5 meeting, I did a podcast episode about the 2021 Stinger. I just did I? I'm pretty sure I did, and I forgot to. I think I forgot to compile that, so I have that episode I need to upload. But basically, with the 2021 Kia Stinger, they're talking about how they're, they're kind of shifting it. At the very least, the marketing material says, "Oh, you know, we're we're leaning into the or we're we're delving into the grand touring aspect of the of the Stinger and this and that." And that's a very weird. That's a very weird direction to go because the problem with the Stinger wasn't that it was a sports sedan. It was actually a really, really good sports sedan. For Considering it was Kia's first attempt, it was great. The problem, no one wanted to pay 50000 for a Kia when they could pay 50000 for a comparable BMW. That was the problem, not the fact that Kia made a sports sedan and not the fact that it was bad because it wasn't. So it's weird to me that they've seemed to, in the marketing material at least, abandon the the sports sedan the the idea that it's a sports sedan so then making the k5 a sports sedan is seems contradictory because if they think the stinger failed or flopped because it wasn't a good sports sedan why would you make the k5 a sports sedan so again there's a bit of there's a bit of a paradox there or at the very least there's something contradictory there that or there's there's a contradiction there in in the way that they're handling the two cars that just doesn't make sense the 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 logical conclusion as to why the market material is the way that it is for the stinger and then still making the k5 a sports sedan very puzzling the looks i'm not 
I'm not sold on it from all angles, but in the flesh, on the in in the meeting that we saw, whoo! Boy, that looked way better from those few angles. I'm thoroughly impressed. And it's unique. It's unique. And that's the best thing about it. It is nice and unique. And so, getting on to some of the questions here, we had the question of the wireless wireless charger. I'm not, I'm not going to repeat it because I do remember that I said, obviously I repeated it and you'll hear it in the video. So, the current design insert is about 4 inches, so phones that are significantly larger say let's say seven inches might be too big for the insert but we'll see how does kia oh the thing doesn't work on one note okay how much time does kia typically spend on making their their safety technology it would seem they didn't make they didn't spend much time at the very least not on the lead vehicle departure alert because it just utilizes existing technology so they didn't have to spend a lot of time on that and then we have the question of if the k5 and the new sonata ride on the same platform why are they built in two different assembly plants? And so the short answer is this. Despite the two riding on the same platform, the two cars are different enough that making them at different assembly plants makes sense. Just how different they are, uh, I'll have to figure out later. And then we have, is a K5 hybrid like the Sonata in the cars for the future? Nope, no hybrids. It might be more likely to see an electric K5 than a hybrid one. Then we have the... It seems the K5 is sportier than its predecessor, considering the K5 rides on a new N3 platform. How much stiffer? Didn't get a straight answer, as you probably will have seen, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say somewhere between 30 and 50%. I'd, I'd wager 30% stiffer. I think that's a safe bet. And then that is it. So overall, I think the new K5 is definitely an improvement. It's not... Visually, it's not even a step back, not from all angles, or not from, not from most angles. That would be more grammatically correct with the way I set up that sentence. I like the inside, I like the outside, I like the engines. I think the, the little three-cylinder is kind of not enough power to me personally, but the more powerful one, the 295 horsepower, getting with the program, that's good. That's very, very good. It's definitely the better looking of the two. It's better. It's definitely better looking than the Sonata, because that Sonata just has the biggest guppy mouth I've ever seen in my life. It's... so, <laughs> And I know that's very rude. I know that's very rude. I shouldn't be as... Uh, as blunt, but it's, I'm not pleased. I'm not very keen on the way that the new Sonata looks, but they nailed it with the K5. They nailed it with the K5. I think it's well appointed. I think it'll, it'll definitely give the Accord and Camry a, a big fright, especially the Camry, because even the Camry is already looking old now with the new, with the new Accord, well, with the current Accord and with the new K5 and the new Sonata, the Camry already looks old. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope that answered some of your questions. If you have some more, if you have enough, I'll probably try and get in touch with them and get another interview going and answer those questions. So put them down below, and if there's enough of them, again, I'll try and schedule an interview. If you enjoyed, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe, hitting the little notification bell, and then all notifications. That way you're notified every time I upload. I'll see you all. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.